Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Ben Dobbin with you this morning on Rural Queensland Today. Lots of water in different parts of the northern part of the state and the western part as well as the central. We will try and keep you updated on our Facebook page as well throughout what is going on. A very good morning to everybody through 4SB in Kingaroy, 4ZR in Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longreach, 4GC Charters Towers in the Hot Country Network, a very good morning to you. A awesome, awesome, awesome show uh, for you today. Jamie Winkup, the principal of Red Pool Ampole Racing, will join us. Will Brown, the Toowoomba local, will be driving for him this year. They have an amazing day taking place in Toowoomba this weekend. We're going to talk to him. Tom Dearden. Could be a sports show, this. Tom Dearden is the Cowboy, North Queensland Cowboys. Cap never been on the show. They just announced it. Uh, he's been in Mackay. He's he's a Queenslander. We'll talk to him. Robbie Catter will join us, and we'll also catch up with Winton local Wade Forster. He is the Toyota 2024 star maker legend, and he's done an unbelievable job uh, with what he's done, Wade Forster. And you know the Winton local is just absolutely killing it at the moment, killing it. A very good morning to everybody else uh, who's listening to us. We are so happy to have you on the show. Let's get into it. Robbie Catter joins us next, Rural Queensland Today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network, the 30th of January on Rural Queensland Today. The member for Tragar, Robbie Catter, joins me this morning. Rob, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us. Yeah, good morning, Dolby. Good to have you back in the saddle, mate. Yeah, thank you. There's a lot going on. Uh, the weather, some people are getting an awful amount of water downstream at the moment. Some areas in your uh, catchment, mate, up to 500 millimetres. Um, we have some warning. There's no two ways about it. There is some warning, so people are moving some cattle to higher ground. But there has been some devastation and there will be some stock loss. Yeah, I'd say so. That's, I'm just having trouble catching up with it because most of it just um, come through yesterday, but then seem to be sort of on that watershed through, um, you know, Kainan and McKinley yep. and then back down towards Bullia, Middleton, yep. and, um, yeah, some bloody big numbers there. And then and then I'm just um, reading a lot more about um, Springshore Emerald sort of through there. And so um, I'm hearing today the Flinders High is looking like it's going to be cut off for a week. Uh, which makes things a bit tricky, um, particularly in the mining industry, when we get yep. stuff in and out. And um, so much is done on the roads now too, mate, which is a, it's, um, it's a bit of a travesty that the rail's under, so underutilised here and the rail's usually a bit uh, bit more resilient with the – or, you know, it's able to get through floodwaters a lot better than the trucks over the roads because the crossings aren't as good. So, yeah, that presents some, some problems. So I'm just sort of trying to get on top of that um, today. So uh, just for people that know, there's been a lot of water up in the north. And as you said, central Queensland has had some massive rain in different areas, some, some up to 200, 300 millimetres around the Ralston area, um, all, all through there. There's major flooding, um, you know, you know uh, in Springshaw, 250 millimetres overnight. In seven days, 450 millimetres. That is a lot of water through that neck of the woods as well. So that has closed some roads there is a lot of roads closed. The Capricorn Highway is closed at the present moment. Uh, Central Highland, uh, Central Highland Police are moving things around, and in and and your area, Bullier and through there, I saw that, you know, 
Jay Hall, absolutely. Um, she spoke about it. They're moving a lot of at Kaiwara. They're moving a lot of cattle at the moment. There's a yep. lot of water coming down through there. Um, yeah. So our thoughts yep. are for everybody. And 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 look, we, you know, that they didn't get it necessarily wrong. But gee whiz, there's been some there's been some good rain, and and it'll obviously set it up once it all goes. Mate, I've got to talk to you about this renewable energy situation. There is wind turbines getting ticked off left, right and centre. And it is a real claim that, you know, the renewable energy companies, it's a real worry, um, have got this regulation that is nowhere near as important or extensive as what it is if you're a grazier. If you want to put a if you want to put a wind farm up or a solar farm up, mate, bulldoze away, and it is causing bedlam everywhere. I just don't understand why we've gone so deep down this renewable energy phase. I understand it, I understand it, but I don't understand how they can be their own regulation compared to a grazier. Yeah, look, mate, I, <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm very cynical that any time you know, it brings up renewable renewable energy because it's it's been done with such a fervour, and oh, I spoke to someone in the industry or sort of sits beside the industry that, um, you know, asked for their comment in at once, and they said, well, it's, it's akin to the gold rush days, or, or the, sorry, the gold fever. And, um, you know, back in the sort of uh, mid to late 1800s in, in Australia, there's people just leaving the keys in the door of the pub and racing out to the gold fields to try and find their fortune and just making irrational decisions everywhere. And, um, and, uh, Seems like that's what's happened here with the government and uh, and all these developers. They're just madly going ahead, putting stuff up. Now the wind farm at Hewnham wasn't turned on for like two years, yeah, because uh, the infrastructure wasn't in place. Now who would build hundreds of millions of dollars worth of infrastructure when you couldn't even turn it on? Um, and and you know, and it didn't go broke. Well, they still had money to keep going. So, yeah. what's the subsidy behind these things? And what's the push? And what's the urgency? You know, the the one at um up near Kidston, they've um, they pushed it all through and there was no road use agreement so they flogged out and smashed the roads and um, they're only halfway through the development and they still got um, I've heard something like 500 overload um, you know there'll be too much weight for the bridges and, and, and crossings all coming out from the towns of Port to finish it off and there's no road use agreement so it's like sorry the road use agreement doesn't have to give them any obligation to upgrade the road now if that was a mine going in somewhere um, you know conventional mining like They'd be they'd have to upgrade the road as part of it all, so it's all part of this whole mix, mate. And um, yeah, we've been looking at the KAP of, of some legislation to make it like you know, same thing as the coal seam gas, where you got strategic um, ag land thrown in there as well. So there was a third tier of um, you know another tier of um, you know yeah. protection there to stop where because um, you know you get some people and probably want out or you know financially in a bit of a squeeze and, and see the benefit. You can't blame them for selling or, or putting the wind farms in, but it can really bloody change the um, you know, the nature of a, a district and sure. um and and or you know, if it's taking out valuable cane farming land or something that's needed to keep the production up in the mills, you can't uh, there's no protections in place. That stuff can just happen and um, it's gonna happen more and more if the government gets their way. So there's, um, we need to really, and there's not a lot of us around. Politicians are willing to sort of have have that impetus to protect strategic ag land, things like that. So, um, yeah, it's something we've got to think really carefully about. And just on that one, Dobbo, I mean, 
an interesting point to make on Townsville. Um, some could call me conspiracy theorist, but it does seem awfully strange in Townsville, which is the biggest non-event in terms, even as a rain event um, in Townsville and Charter Towers with that cyclone. Yep. Um, cyclone Curly. Now, a few people are picking sticks off the lawn and what have you, but it, you know, it was a, a moderate weather event and um, the power's out for five days. Yeah. Now, what is so suspicious about that is exact same time the state government was load shedding around the state. So very conveniently, a large chunk of the, the energy market's taken off the grid um, in a time when the load shedding that coincides with the cyclone. So I, it, um, it certainly raises... So will you be asking some questions? Will you, will you be asking some questions about that? Absolutely, I can't wait to you know I can't wait for the opportunity to prosecute this because I just um, uh, happy to be proven wrong. But it just um, it worked out a little bit too conveniently for the government, and um, I'm not so sure I believe in those sort of coincidences and coincidences in politics. So it'll be interesting uh, to see, and and they're very good at hiding that stuff. So that you know makes it very difficult for us. But I'm all, um, I'm very uh, determined to see what. We can find out about that because, um, yeah, I, I, and you know, funny enough, I've had a few people mention it to me, and I, I arrived at the same conclusion, conclusion myself already. So, it'd be interesting to see how many people would, um, you know, would agree with that sentiment. Can I ask you, and I, and I mean this, you've got literally a new premier in Stephen Miles and David Christopher, the opposition leader. Both of them at the moment are on the on the hard sell. Now, the trump card is the Cata Party. You guys are the independents and you guys have, you know, a chance to really make a, a, a real indent in the, in the political landscape here in Queensland. Can I ask you, have both, have both David and Stephen, have they reached out to you? Are, are they having conversations with the Cata Party knowing how important things could be and how tight it'll be? Well, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd imagine tactically... Um you know, David's um, probably been, you know, more friendly than Stephen, and that's probably just that we've got a bit more in common. Um, well, I'd say a lot more in common than the Labor Party, but um, and uh, but both sides, you know, have been um, pretty friendly, particularly um, over the last few months, the closer we get in the election, and uh, that's pretty obvious to me why they are. <laughs> I'm um, I'm mature enough now to see through. Um, you know the surface, and, and and know that there's always tactics at play in in politics, and yeah, so they are, mate. Um, and I'm reliably informed that all the polling shows it's going to be close. Yeah, but I, you know, Dobbo, I, I, you know, it's, I guess it's interesting to speculate, but mate, we just do what we do in the KAP, and um, and hopefully that's you know there's enough people sort of see what we do and and think that's um, what they want representing them because. Um, yeah, I just there's uh, a lot of the country values are just um, and regional values are, um, uh, are subordinated by the the southeast corner. Um, you know, you can't get hospitals out here because they're spending all the money on the Olympics. And we, like just talking about those rain events, like we we keep getting cut off that Ralph Creek um, up near Georgetown, cut off for a week or two, and all this road infrastructure and. You know, needs a hell of a lot of investment. You can't get that because it's all sucked in the southeast, and 
and you know it's going to be a big race for the southeast in the state election, and and they're going to be so focused on trying to keep the Greens at bay, Liberal and Labor, that they'll be trying to match them on green sort of policy. So um, we see it as our our duty to pull a lot of that stuff right back over to the the uh, the right side of politics, I guess you'd say, or the conservative side of politics. So um, yeah, I think we play an important part there, and if there's enough voters out there that see value in that, well. Um, and that you know, there's there's um, swings and roundabouts in politics. So um, everyone was loving green and climate change and environment and everything. And, but um, there's <laughs> been a bit anymore. of a shift. In, well, there's anymore. been a bit of a shift globally. So yeah. Yeah, um, that could put us in a pretty good stead because we're not, you know, we don't blow at the wind and try and jump on that wagon just to bloody get more votes or expand the party. Um, we stay where we are on our values and principles, and it's probably kept us as a smaller party for the last. 10 years, but um, who knows that, that tide might be... Um, so what's the, the saying? The ship might be coming, the ship might be coming in now, so... Um, Time will tell. Yeah, mate, I think you're right. Doing doing. I think you're right. Hey, Rob, great to chat. Uh, we'll catch up Thanks, again Robert. shortly, mate. Uh, you're always welcome, and you know there's a regular on our show. Robbie Catter, we'll take a break, come back with more. This is Rural Queensland Today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network across Rural Queensland Today. Not far away, we'll catch up with Jamie Wincup uh, from Redpool Ampole Racing. Um, they've got a huge weekend in Toowoomba this weekend. But uh, after talking to Robbie Catter, I thought it'd be amiss if we didn't talk about uh, one of the great stories uh, for rural and regional Queensland. Um, Tom Dearden has just recently been announced as the co-captain with Reuben Cotter for the North Queensland Cowboys for 2024. Your team, a lot of you listening are Cowboys fans. And this bloke has just recently re-signed a big deal at the Cowboys and he's a captain moving forward. I don't think it was ever in doubt. He's played Origin and he has absolutely taken the world by storm. He joins me this morning for the first time on Rural Queensland today. Tom Dearden, good morning, mate. Thank you so much for being with us. Morning, Dobbo. Uh, thanks for having me on. Mate, um, tell me about that conversation. When you, I mean, I, it's one thing, you know, at 22 years of age to be, you know, loving your football and re-signing and knowing that your future at the Cowboys is there long term. But when Todd Payton calls you in and says, mate, I'm going to make you one of the captains and you've got blokes like Jason Tamalolo and, you know, former captain and Chad Townsend and Val Holmes, what was the feeling like? Yeah, it's a it's a special feeling, and and it's a dream come true. And I, I, um, yeah, definitely didn't think that it it would happen this quick or, or this soon, but um, it has now. And I think it's uh, lucky that that I am um, becoming captain now. Well, we have those great leaders that you just did name, and and like having um Chad and Jason and uh, Val and Jordan McLean there as well to kind of guide us in that in me and Rubes in that transition of um taking over the, as co-captains. It, it, it's a it's an unbelievable story yours and and a lot of people know but I mean you were born in the bush and spent a lot of time um in Mackay um obviously before your parents made that huge sacrifice by moving down to the coast to try and get you more opportunities with football but. I mean, I've seen you back in Mackay. I've been back there and, and run into you and, and, and obviously going back to North Queensland, it, it felt like the right fit for you and it felt like that you're back at home. Is that how when when you moved back there, it felt like, hey, I, I know this place, this is where I grew up? Yeah, it is. Um, oh, I'm just so so settled up here in North Queensland. I, 
I love the people up here. I love the community, and and I love the club of the Cowboys. So um, yeah, I feel so so settled, and um, yeah, it's just uh, it's yeah, it feels like home being back up here. Yeah, so mate, re-signed, happy. Um, there was some dark days. There's we always every professional in in any form of sport has some tough times, and it was well documented at the Broncos and. The Cowboys gave you that opportunity. What was the mindset? How did you, you know, at 20 years of age, go from, you know, feeling like, oh, bloody hell, you know, I was always going to be there and then, mate, I'm, I'm gone and I'm going to the Cowboys. How did you get yourself right mentally to go, you know what, that's not going to define me and, and prove everybody wrong, which you have 10 times over? Yeah, as much as they, they were um, tough times, I... I just kept reminding myself that I, I am living my dream and uh, whether it's tough times or not, I was still um, turning up and training every day and, and playing rugby league is my job, which was always my dream as a kid. And uh, I just knew that if I, if I could stick at it, it would, um, it would turn around for me. And uh, I'm lucky that, that it did and that I got my opportunity to come up here at, and uh, come up here to the Cowboys in North Queensland. And um, yeah, I basically just treated it as um Starting, starting my career all over again and, and making it a real fresh start. Well, you, you, you've done more than that. I mean, you played Origin at the highest level. You, you're part of that fabric. I know this weekend there's a, a, an Origin camp um, for all the Origin or potential players taking place in, in, in Brisbane. I know you're part of all of that and, and you're now the club captain. Can we talk about the fans, like the, the people that put the bums on seats in Townsville? They drive from Mount Isa, or, you know, Mackay, Serena, where Ruben's from, um, all through North Queensland. And it hasn't been easy for them over the last 12 months with flood and, and you know, drought. But they turn up tenfold. How important are they to the fabric of the North Queensland Cowboys? Oh, they are everything, um. Like you said, we have people that drive five or six hours to maybe even longer to um, come and watch our game and, and then they drive home the next day. And I think the, the North Queensland people, they're, they're so resilient and they're tough and they just keep turning up. And I think that's how, how we want to be seen as a footy team is, is have those same qualities. And um, yeah, they're, they're special, the North Queensland fans. And uh, the greatest thing is we know that they always turn up to to watch us play, no no matter what the circumstances are. Yeah, and that's the big thing. Okay, last year didn't go as planned, and I mean every single team begins their preseason with the the goal to improve. Um, you guys learned some lessons. You had a very good side, but just things didn't go right. Um, the year before was you got to a prelim. So what? have the Cowboys done differently this preseason, mate, to make sure that they are back and competitive? Yeah, um, I think uh, one of the big things is we just wanted to work on like the consistency in our game and I know if looking back on last year and reflecting on, on how the season went, we, we were very inconsistent and we, we probably dropped a lot of games or or periods in games we dropped that um, yeah, that, that cost us and it, and it was more of like a focus and a, and a consistency thing rather than rather than something that we really need to fix. And um, so, yeah, it's just about kind of building that and, and getting everyone back on board. And I think it's it's been great with the, the attitude of the players. Like you can tell how, how hungry everyone is to, to get back into the footy season and, and bounce back from last year. 
Yeah, there's no two ways about the fact that the Cowboys will be competitive again this year. Um, I think round two is when your first game is Dolphins at Suncorp. I think round two you're back at home and there's a lot going to be happening that weekend. I know that uh, there's new pubs and new official launches of new hotels. There's a lot going on in, in Townsville. Um, mate, congratulations, Tom. I know a lot of people, um, you, you've touched a lot of people's lives. You know a lot of people in North Queensland, Um You've spent a lot of time playing rugby league there, but you're a hell of an ambassador for the game and nor- and also for North Queensland. And I think this, yourself and Ruben Cotter to be co-captains, I think it's a, a it's a real connection. Um, I think people feel connected, and I think it's a, a it's a real honour. Relief was it for you when you re-signed long term? That big deal, mate. I mean, you know, you, you know your futures at the Cowboys now. Was that the plan? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's something that I was uh, really excited about, and uh, to be able to have it done and and be able to stay up here at the Cowboys is something that I'm um yeah so happy with. And uh, like I said, I, I love the club and I, I love being up here. So it's uh, great to be able to be be up here now for the next um, five or six years. Uh, well, I love the fact that you're going to lead this side um, yourself and Ruben got a co-captains for the North Queensland Cowboys in 2024. Really appreciate you giving me some time, mate, this morning on Rural Queensland today. I know a lot of people appreciate that as well. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Dobbo. I appreciate it. Good on you, mate. We'll take a break. Come back with more. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. I was saddened to hear the passing of Mike Wilson, the renowned livestock and stud stock agent, on January the 22nd, after a six-year illness. Uh, many of you listening would have known Mike, Mike when he was working for Landmark or Nutrien. And then uh, he also was a very much big part when he opened his own business. Long-time friend, and this was reported in the Country Life, Ross Pollock recalled Mike was still out of bull sales on the northern New South Wales news last season. His career began uh, when he wrote a letter as a 14-and-a-half-year-old and would board a train to Burren Junction on Australia Day where he would start spending every minute on horseback jackarooing. By the time he was 18, uh, he was three-and-a-half years, he'd been an agent. He went on to train as an auctioneer at Wagga Wagga before then moving to Elders in Tamworth and soon after, in 1973, he joined Dalgetty's Limited in Gunnedah. That's where I met him. I knew his son, Matt. Um, for some years, while in Gunnedah, he'd run his own agency, Lang Wilson, in partnership with John Langton, and then his own agency, Mike Wilson Livestock, before eventually joining Landmark as a studstock team in 1997. It was the Landmark Nutrient where he'd work in Dubbo, then Armidale, and while he was there for about 10 years, he would go out on his own again trading as Mike Wilson's studstock and bloodstock. He was an exceptional agent and one that was very, very known. I'd just like to say our thoughts are with everybody uh, around the Wilson family. Uh, Mike Wilson was a very, very good human being and one that obviously that we all knew very, very well. And uh, we are really saddened for that loss. Uh, to a lot of people, he was one of the great, great greats and a very good agent, a very good agent. So the Maranoa is now pushing for more Q400 pilots and plane at Roma Airport. 
Request has been made for Queensland Transport Department to boost capacity of people travelling by air from Roma to Charleville has been reinforced at the Maranau Regional Council meeting. As it is in the January meeting, councillors unanimously voted to urge the government through the Department of Transport and Main Roads to urge urgently support a pilot for a Q400 flights from Roma three times a week as part of the Central One regulated passenger, passenger transport. If approved, it would allow Rex Airlines to substitute their current uh, Saab 340 aircraft with 82 seats to a Q400 on the three busiest days of the week. Tyson Golder has been adamant about this. Sean Radnich has been adamant about this. 312 seats available between Roma and Brisbane each week. Um, The problem has been going on for 12 months. This has been a problem. They can't get them. Anne Lay's been supportive of it. So let's see what actually happens. The department has been asked for a response and they need to come forth. Southwest Region and Queensland Organisation of Councils have been advocating for increased capacity for some time and still nothing has been done about it. So let's just see how much they really want to go. Now also, I will talk about this more tomorrow, but an e-petition calls for farm animal shade protection as feedlots embrace cover. As feedlot owners, this is reported in the Queensland Country Life, become increasingly committed to provide better protection for their cattle, an e-petition demanding mandatory shade for all farm animals is before the Queensland Parliament. Gee whiz. The Animal Care and Protection Act authorities, um, the e-petition said there is presently no mandatory requirement for provision of shade shelter for the climates. Are they serious? Are they serious? Australian Lot Feeders Association announced it wanted to have all feedlots supplying shade by cattle by 2026, and that's exactly right. Um, Now, with two years to deadline, Barb Madden said the benefits of shade have been accepted by their members. But just out in the normal paddock, that's not exactly right. The position hasn't changed, and they encourage people to investigate and install shade. They've got shade hubs on their websites, which will provide comprehensive. But for this e-petition to start... And for Mark Ferner to actually look at it, he's going to need to stand up. There is a lot of misleading facts that have been going on in this e-petition. I'm going to talk about this a bit more tomorrow, but it's a worrying situation. We'll take a break, come back with more. Welcome back to rural Queensland today. What a good story this is. Queensland-based singer Wade Forster won the 2024 Toyota Star Maker competition. He's not just a Queenslander, he's from Winton. And uh, he is up and moving about. At the 52nd Toyota Tamworth Country Music Festival, he was named the winner. And what a great story it is. He joins me this morning. Wade, good morning, mate. Congratulations. Pinch myself moment, I suspect. Yeah, Dobbo, good morning. Yeah, no, a bit of a surreal moment. Still trying to figure out what to do from here but um yeah just gonna have to work hard i guess i'm still learning a bit about the industry but yeah big big moment for me in my career definitely why talk to me about how it began obviously from witten how did it all start like when did you first pick up a guitar well i most um musicians have the old same story they were in love with music from day dot and that wasn't the case for me i um started playing music when i got a job in mount isa as a fridgy yep apprentice and didn't didn't have um, many friends up there and bought a guitar off a Facebook marketplace for $50 and taught myself off of YouTube, and that was about six years ago. So Stop it. 
Stop yeah. it. Seriously. I mean, I tried that and I could barely get I think I got too big of fingers. But, I, I mean, I was hopeless at it. So, what, you just started playing and, and learning. Oh, you obviously had some – did you like music? Was there an interest in it or it was just you thought to myself at 20, 2021, hey, I'm going to try and learn how to – the guitar, I'm going to learn how to do that. Or had you been singing? Like, what was the – was there anything there? No, well, really, um, the only – like in music that I really had was just travelling around rodeos and such. And yeah. um, no, but I didn't know I could sing. I didn't know I could, you know, play guitar or anything like that. It was more of a something to pass the time when I was between rodeos and work. And yeah, I had a rodeo in Chiligo. A fellow, a mate of mine, he told me, "Oh, he can sing a bit." So I was like, "Oh, maybe I'd have a go at this properly." You know, not just play for a bit of fun. I'll, I'll have a proper go at this, and then yeah. You know, there was a, a cowboy by the name of Chris Ledoux who was a bronc rider and, and uh, or bareback rider. He was unbelievable. He was a bronc rider, I think. And, and he, I mean, he obviously is one of the most famous country music singers of all time. Um, it does help that you've been on the radio circuit and you know all those blokes and you can play. Was that the way that you, in a lot of ways, thought, well, okay, I'm getting somewhere because... They're the toughest markers in the world, the radioers, and if yeah. if they like it, well, there might be other people who might like it as well. Yeah, exactly, and you know, like nothing, nothing tougher than a cowboy crowd. So, no. um, um, but yeah, like people like Chris Ledoux and George Strait and Cody Johnson, who are actual radio cowboys yeah. that went singing. They're they're my influences, and that's why I got into it because there's not a big Australian market for radio cowboys in music. So. I think it's just, you know, a real cool thing that I'm doing and it might inspire other young cowboys to have a go. So Bloody oath. Bloody oath. So talk to me about the start, the Toyota Star Maker competition. Can you explain to people, I mean, you know, when I heard about it a couple of weeks ago, um, I was like, oh, wow, that, that's huge. And then I went looking into it and I was like, oh, my God, this is a, such a big deal. What made you first want to go in it? And then secondly... What what happens from here? How do you the, the how do you come back down and go? Well, I've got to make this pay, and I've got to convert this really unbelievable award into a career. Yeah, well, um, I didn't know about the Star Maker until twenty twenty three. So I come down to the Academy of Country Music to you know see if this was going to be a job or not. You know, yep. And I learned from the best in the industry at the Academy, and I didn't have any gigs, and I was waiting on. Um, my little sister to come so I could drive her home from a few rodeos down south. And, um, yeah, went to Peel Street and saw all the buskers. And with that, I saw the Star Maker competition. I had no idea what it was and or what it meant. And um, I saw Lauren Ryan win last year, and I was sitting with a few musical friends that I'd met that week. And I said, you know what, I'm going to have a go at that next year. And they said, yeah, do it. And that was my goal all, all the last year, work it up and, hopefully get picked and I got picked and I was pretty happy with that and I didn't necessarily think I would win but here I am and um, Star Maker is one of them great things for artists like me where um, I was fully independent and now they're helping me with the resources to you know further my career and you know get the assets I need to start making a living off it instead of having to work cattle and thing on the side. That's when, the, when I've got the time. That's the hardest part, and we're talking with Wade Forster, who's the 2024 Toyota Star Maker winner from Winton, and most of you have heard him play at some stage. 
I mean, he was at the Way Out West Festival last year. He, you have played all through Queensland. Um, but now it's it's the juggle, isn't it? It's how like, – I mean, you've still got to earn a living and you've got to put food on the table. You've got to be able to put fuel in the car. But you also want to yeah. play. So is it that you need some sponsors or is it a label signing you? What's the, the next step? Because I suspect it would be very difficult. Well, um, Star Maker uh, – very proudly sponsored by Toyota, who helped with a free car for twelve months and fuel fuel card for a year, and you know I get, I get management, I get you know yeah. um, media people, and yeah, the, the the list goes on. I won two guitars, brand new, you know, stuff that you know most kids dream of just getting with money one day. I got it all. Sure. As a part of the prize package, and it's just yeah, unbelievable. And what what the Star Maker has offered as part of being a program, even just being a part of it, enough was an experience in its own. But now I've got all the tools in front of me, thanks to all their great sponsors, that I can you know go and make a living. I I, I just love it. How important is it though to be from Winton and? and- and, and represent winner. It's such a proud town, and and I was only talking about it yesterday with you know, just the tourism industry that it has now. I, I remember first driving into into Winton in '97, and it was it was a rough town. It was a hard town, and it's it still is, but it's got an unbelievable, unbelievable tourism business there now, and it, it's a part of it's a part of a Queensland and Australia where it's a destination and. And you coming from there and being a part of it, that must make you terribly proud. Oh, I'm I'm very proud of where I come from. You know, I was born and raised there on a cattle station. You know, I played for the local footy team. I, um, you know, been a part of so many things in that town. And um, every time I go rodeo, and I represent Whitten, Queensland. And every time I go sing, I represent Whitten, Queensland. So, you know, I, I think... A lot of people at home are very proud of me as I've sent through a lot of messages from people that I go to the pub with normally. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's going to be great for the region. It's going to be great for rural Australia, full stop, because a lot of these competitions normally get won by people from, you know, more populated area. And for someone like me to win it who's, you know, next door neighbours 20 k's away, yeah. Is, um, pretty big thing you know um it might inspire kids on the bush that hey it's not your life's not just going to be about ringing and you know maybe getting a trade you might you could try whatever you want if you just try hard enough mate how hard is it it's well said how hard is the difference between um writing your own music and playing it and then playing a few covers what's the juggle see um I've never really had much of a problem. I can see why people do have a problem with it. Um, you know, writing your original songs is very vulnerable and then it's a very vulnerable thing to do because you're, ex- you're expressing your emotions where in a cover you're expressing someone else's emotions. So it's a bit, um, you know, it's for the people that are strong enough to tell their story and so forth. But with me, I've always been a big person for um, mental health awareness and, so forth. So all my music's about that, and being on the land, and just trying to make a message and tell our stories from out there. And um, yeah. So I've never really had a drama with any of that stuff, but I could see why people do. Yeah. You know, it's a vulnerable thing. 
Yeah, it is. But, mate, your music is unbelievable. I do want to send everybody to your website, uh, wadeforster.com. You can go on there. Um, there's everything there you, from your debut album, your song list, everything, to where you're playing and where you have played. And I think that if you see him, you need to go and say good day. We're going to continue to, to to push your barrow, mate, on this show. I think it's awesome. Um, I'm really, really grateful that you could come on the show. I think that if we're not promoting Queenslanders, we, we, we get the game wrong. And this is a great news story. From Winton to the Toyota Star Maker winner for 2024, Wade Forster, you superstar. Thanks so much for being with us, brother. No, thank you, Dobbo. I listen to you every day out on the fence line, so I really... Appreciate this one. Good on you, mate. Uh, thanks so much for being with us, and we're really honoured to have you on the show. We'll take a break, come back with more. What a good story. This is Rural Queensland Today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today. You're with Ben Dobbin across the Resonate Broadcast Network. It is Tuesday morning, the 30th of January, across Rural Queensland Today. And this weekend, um, on the 3rd, Saturday afternoon at Toowoomba at World Camp Airport, there is a massive event taking place. The Red Bull Racing, Ampol Racing Team, um, is launching their 2024 season. And if you want to talk about success, they only know one way, Red Bull, and that is to win. Well, one of their superstars, he was one of the greatest to ever drive a V8, is Jamie Wincup, and he joins me this morning. Good morning, Jamie. Thanks so much for being with us on Rural Queensland today. Hey, good morning, Dobbo. Great, great to be on the show. Thank you. Um, this weekend's pretty special for Red Bull Racing, um, if I'm honest, Um it's the launch of your 2024 season and also um, the livery landing. Um, can you explain that, please? Yeah, sure. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a big moment. It feels like a new beginning. Uh, you know, Red Bull Ampel Racing has been around for a long time, but uh, we've got a new driver on board for 2024 in, yeah. uh, in Will Brown, which is, which is huge news. So it feels like a new start for us. And we're going to make sure we uh, we start the, the partnership with a big bang this weekend. We're taking over Toowoomba Well Camp Airport. Huge. We're going to, we're going to have there's going to be all sorts of things going on out there. We're going to obviously um, show our show our new new livery for 2024. Um, have the cars there doing a, doing a show. There'll be be planes in the air. There'll be all sorts of stuff. So um, certainly free event. Come out and um, and have some fun and. Um, Get get uh, get set for another huge year of racing. A lot of people listening to this have their children at boarding school um, in Toowoomba, and that's their point of contact. And if you're in there this weekend, I'm serious about it. There is a it is a cracking uh, format and obviously program from the afternoon. Begins at three o'clock, finishes at seven. Um, Jamie, you're going to be there. Will Brown and obviously Brock Feeney, your two drivers. Let's just talk about Will Brown. I mean, big shoes to fill, but. What a great story. Toowoomba educated, Toowoomba born and bred, and he's driving for Red Bull and you're launching at World Camp. It, it, it's a really special story. It is, it is. He's a, he's a good young kid. We've been, I've had my eye on Will for oh, probably seven or eight years now. Um, we almost did a, a deal for him to run in the, the Super 2 Series, which is the second championship, but it didn't, didn't quite happen. He went off. He's won some races, of course, with another team. So it's fantastic to finally get him on board. Um, a full, full-time drive for the Red Bull Ampol Racing Team. We'll give him all the tools he needs, the engineers, you name it. He's got it. Um, and now it's going to be a big opportunity to, to showcase his skills. And no doubt he'll um, 
he'll team up with uh, with Brock Feeney and the two of them will go out there and see if we can uh, get some results. Can I ask you, and, 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 I, and I mean this, how big a shoes is it to fill when, when you lose a, a driver – of Shane Van Gisbergen, and you, and you have to replace. And I understand it, and it, it's a bit like filling your shoes, Jamie, when when you got out, or Lounsey, or one of those. For that driver, how difficult is it? Because I suspect at some stage you were that bloke, you were that Will Brown who was like, okay, it's my time now. You might have done everything in the sport, but let me get out. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think they they need to focus on um, what was you know the, the, the past and who they're replacing or anything like that. Um, I just want Will to jump in the car and, and Brock as well. Jump in the car and just go out there, have a free swing and um, drive it as hard as you can. We'll, we'll worry about the strategy. We'll worry about what, what tyres are on the car. We'll, we'll prepare the car and make sure it's, um, it's, it's, you know, we've got the two quickest cars out there and uh, the boys can jump behind the wheel and just do their thing. They're um, it's not in their first rodeo, although they're, they're both quite young. They're both in their early 20s. The first time we've had such a young driver lineup, but um, that's exciting. So you know they they're two of the most exciting drivers on the grid, um, and we're looking forward to battling the other teams and seeing if we can um, go out there and shake it up a bit. How do you go taking? Uh, you're obviously the team principal for Red Bull Ampole Racing, and obviously every season matters. And supercars and the V8s are so important to the fabric of Australian sport. It, it, it is just such an important part of it. But how was that transition for you? I, I, I always wondered because we, I spoke to you when you were a driver many times. Um, but then to go over and it's sort of like becoming a rugby league coach in a lot of ways. You, you actually know what you need to do to get to it. How do you translate that now that you're not behind the wheel? Yeah, it, it's been it's been fine for me. I know um, there's a lot of athletes in other disciplines that really find it tough as soon as they... They, they finish full-time sport. Um, I recognised that I would, there was going to be an end at some stage, you know, to my full-time driving career. So um, there's plenty else I've got going on business-wise yeah. outside of motorsport, which um, which I started five or six years before I officially hung the helmet up. So I had that on the go. That's that's a, a good good occupier. Um, plus, the great thing about motorsport is, is you still got opportunity to be able to drive the car. So I'll team up with um, with Brock Feeney's and do the endurance races at Sandown and Bathurst. Um, and I've, I do a little bit of GT racing around the place as well. So I haven't gone full cold turkey. So yeah. for me, it's been great. Life, you know, life changes, which is good. I actually I actually love the fact that we, we get older. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd hate to be stuck in my 20s my, my whole life because you'd, you'd probably get bored with what you're doing. So the fact that Life of you get older and life evolves is a is a fantastic thing. It keeps it keeps it fresh and keeps it changing. So um, but no mate, life's good for me. Um, enjoy the, enjoy driving the car every now and again. Enjoy trying to manage the troops. Sixty five people at um the Red Bull Ampole Racing Team. It's a huge organisation with there's stuff going on all over the place. So um, no, it's great. Life's good. Um, got a little two year old, which is probably my biggest challenge. Yeah, I get trying it. Trying to keep her under control. Oh, I get so, it. Um, no, yeah, I get it. life's good. Hey, uh, what should we expect from the car this year? Um, lots of controversy last year with the changes, and you know, when you when you're an old tragic and love the V8s, there's always going to be people upset, not upset. But what should we expect from the Red Bull cars this year? 
Yeah, you're right. There was a lot of talk. We were talking about parity for most yeah. of the year, which is which is just negative, really. Like we're literally the cars are as close as they've ever been, and the the the, the sporting that the difference between the teams is much greater than a potential difference between the the GM and the Ford. So, um, what uh, supercars over the break? They've gone. They've gone wind tunnel testing. So they've yeah. put both cars in the wind tunnel. <laughs> to make sure the aerodynamics are exactly the same. And they're going to put both engines on this. It's got an AVL dyno. So it literally, you, you bolt the engine on this um, on this dyno. You've got all your all your running gear on, and you can just run both engines and make them exactly the same. So good on supercars. They've said, right, oh, we're not going to talk about parity for another year. We're going to fix that issue, um, which is in process at the moment. So now, no excuses. It's team versus team driver versus driver, and we're just going to go out there and battle it out. We, we start at the Bathurst 500 um, next month, yep. and round one of 12, and we'll, we'll battle all the way through to Adelaide again. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be good. It's going to be on. There's going to be plenty of plenty of the competition. I love it. Uh, I'm going to push hard to make sure we don't uh, end up first and second, but obviously our objective is uh, to get right up the front there. I strongly recommend everybody this weekend, World Camp Airport, Toowoomba, from three o'clock in the afternoon till seven, um, the reveal of the cars both at four thirty. But it's free entry. Uh, Jamie will be there, uh, Brock and Will. Uh, it's well worth going to be there. I'm looking forward to it. I will be there uh, as the MC. So I'm looking forward to being up in Toowoomba this weekend. It's an important part of the fabric of rural and regional Queensland, and we've got one of our own in Will Brown. He he is one of our own, and he is driving. Or the Red Bull Lampole Racing Team, so it's going to be a cracking weekend. Hey, Jamie, thanks for giving me some time, mate. I really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. See you on the weekend. But, yeah, as you say, let's try to get as many people out there as we can. Have some fun, have some good times, and um, start a big year. Beautiful. Really appreciate it. We'll take a break on Rural Queensland today. Well, that's it from us here this morning at Rural Queensland today. I hope you've enjoyed the show. We're back same time, same place tomorrow. Bill McDonald joins you next. Have a great day, Queensland. And remember, when the wheat is ripe, keep the headers rolling in the paddock. Have a great day, Queensland. See you later. Bye for now.